Unison, Yokoso. This is the Weir Bros Podcast. I'm Weir Bro Derek. I'm Weir Bro Sean. We've got more than a few things lined up for the show today. We'll be talking primarily about our first impressions of some of the series rolling out this spring. Uh, but first, I have to come out and publicly acknowledge that I did change my final score for a place further than the universe following our discussion last week, Sean. <laughs> Usually, when I review a series, I'll give it a score and then I'll let it sit for a bit. And I'll go back a little while after and see if I actually agree with myself. I did not do that with Further Than the Universe. And I should have because I decided I was being way too hard on it uh, relative to how I've reviewed other similar kinds of series. And you helped me realize that, actually. So now it holds a 9 as it deserves instead of that 8.5. And you didn't hear this, Sean, but our intro to the show this evening was The Girls Are Alright, which is, of course, the opening theme from the series. Good song, good series. That was the winter season, though. We're on to spring now. Well, in spirit, anyway. We still have snow on the ground where I'm at. Yeah, it's like 72 degrees. Well, it was yesterday. Now it's cold and raining down here. I'm super jealous. It's 24 degrees right now today, and we're supposed to get like five inches of snow tomorrow. So, Yeah, I don't yeah. envy you. Jesus. But anyway, spring, yeah, spring in spirit. And Sean, I know you've been waiting for Steins Gate Zero for a while now. First episode aired this week. What's the initial impression? Initial impression... Um, it looks just as good as, uh, you know, the original season came out in 2011. Um, the characters, it's good to see them back, you know. I, I will say, I don't know what's going on with the girls, but uh, all their boobs are way bigger in this season. <laughs> I don't remember that deal specifically uh, from the first season. I do have the first season here on the shelf. I should rewatch it at some point, probably. Um, but it did seem like some of the character animation did look different, though I didn't uh, recognize the chests specifically. Do we know if it's the same studio animating it and the same uh, character designer this time around? I'm not actually sure. Uh, I believe it is. I don't really know. I, and I think one of the voice actors is different. Mm -hmm. Like, they, they've switched a few things. What's the guy's name? Jesus. Okabe? <laughs> yeah, Okabe. Oh. Yeah, Okarine. Yeah, I got it. I got to learn like a million names all the time. So, Okarine, yeah. Yeah, I think he might have a different voice actor, or maybe it was just his demeanor is way different. Yeah, that, that's the one thing that really stuck out to me. And of course, I'm still hesitant with this series. I did not see the Steinsgate movie that came out a little while ago either. Uh, I don't know anything about it. I did that deliberately. When something ends on a very strong note, and concludes a very good series, it's difficult to pull off a successful sequel, prequel, or side story that doesn't seem weak in comparison. So I'm still a little concerned that Steins Gate as a whole may be tarnished for me if I don't like Steins Gate Zero. That said, some of my anxiety has been relieved after watching the first episode. The one thing that really did stick out to me was the overall bleak nature of things. Basically, Steins Gate Zero begins in a time and place where Okabe does not come up with the same solution he did at the end of the original series, and he's failed several times now to protect Kurisu. Uh, he's haunted by it, and he's basically given up. But at the end of this first episode, he learns something he does not expect to. The same college that she went to apparently makes an AI of some kind from her mind. Yeah, he just needs a real doll that looks just like her. Put the AI in there, man, you're good to go. <laughs> 
yeah, we'll see if that's the route they take with it. But overall, it does feel much more bleak, and I think it makes sense with what they're trying to do. And it's not really possible to form a verdict on a series after just one episode. One of the things that annoys me the most is when people, after the first episode or even the first two episodes, they give it a rating on MAL or in the comments section and they say, this show is dumb. You don't know anything about this show, really, after one or two episodes. You've got to give it three, four, even five before you definitively decide if it's something you're going to watch or not, unless it's something you find terribly offensive. But getting back to Steinsgate, one of the criticisms I am seeing early on here is that it doesn't have the same quirky, fun kind of feel to it, and that's true. I don't know if that's a bad thing, though. Yeah, uh, this first episode is promising. I bet you it's going to be good, but they could mess it up. There's something, 20-something more episodes left. Another one that we've been watching is Megalobox. I've seen both episodes now. I know, Sean, you saw the first. You were starting the second. Was it uh, when your computer crashed? Yeah, I watched one episode, finished it. I started the second, and my computer, something went wrong there. The worst, right? Yeah. At any rate, uh, Megalobox is it's a TMS Entertainment project commemorating the 50th anniversary of a manga series, Ashitano Joe. That is, according to my translation, it's just literally just Joe of Tomorrow or Tomorrow's Joe. The series airs Fridays in Japan, which means here because of a 14-hour time difference stateside. If you're up late enough, you can probably get it Thursday if you're watching a true simulcast. From what I understand, it's a reimagining of that original Ashitano Joe manga story. Sean, doesn't this one just feel like it's going to be gritty and glorious? Yeah, it does, and it looks gritty. The art style. And that 90s anime look is by design, brah. Remember, this is a commemorative project, and so that is all deliberately done to give it a very gritty, rough, old-school feel, and I love it. Yeah, it reminds me of, like, older animes from the 90s or something, like uh, Cowboy Bebop. I also love the music. Uh, the one everybody wants to compare it to is, of course, Samurai Shampoo because it's got that hip-hop, urban, contemporary kind of feel to it. But I think it's a really good fit, and I think it's going to be a really fun series to watch. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I'm watching many more than just that. Another noteworthy one to mention here, the romantic comedy Otako ni Koiwa Muzukashi. I probably did not say that correctly, but basically I think it translates to it's difficult or hard to love an otaku, or otaku love is difficult. And I feel that one has serious potential as well. Maybe we'll talk some about that next week. But that's just one of many on my list. I was telling Sean before the show, I'm set for like every day of the week. I have two shows on Saturday, uh, Shokugeki on Mondays, Galactic Battleship Tiramisu and Yomushi Pedal on Tuesdays, Megalobox, Steins Gate on Thursday, and then Love is Difficult for Otaku on Fridays. So I'm staying pretty busy. Yeah, and it's not like you can binge them, and you're going to be <laughs> pretty busy for a while. <laughs> yeah, but it's okay, because I also have a series I'm trying to catch up now on Dagashi Kashi, so I can do a review for season two of that, but of course I hadn't seen the first season, so you got to start at season one, right? So that's what I'm watching on the days where I don't have a series to watch um, that drops that day. I'm just, I'm still watching Darling in the Franks, and I'm going to start Megalobox on Fridays, and uh, so I'm pretty open to, to more suggestions what you should be doing is going back and finishing requiem for the phantom sean i know you lost interest in it but i'm telling you it does not end where it begins i hope so i found the characters quite dull i'm i'm only halfway through and uh 
the last episode, you know, the main character, can't remember his name, I never do. He like did a whole 180, it seems like, and now he's like a total badass. So maybe I will finish watching. And I think you should, but let's go back to Darling and the Franks here for a minute. Speaking of doing a complete 180 turn, I know you haven't seen the most recent episode yet, but that is a series that is finally starting to win me over. And you, of course, were the one that got me into it. You said, hey, you gotta check this show out. And I did, and I was like, fine, this is one large mech-infused sex metaphor of a series, and that's fine. But talk about a complete turnaround. 12 through 14, the last two or three episodes have actually been really good, and I'm pleasantly surprised. So you weren't a fan up until just recently? No, I thought it was all right. It's tough when you've got an ensemble cast. It's nice to try and give everyone screen time, but it doesn't add any value to me if I feel like those backstories and other side stories and arcs are lazily developed, and I thought that they were. But now, the entire way that certain episodes are constructed, there are reoccurring themes and motifs now, and things that we didn't get in the first half that I feel are actually making for a much better story. Yeah, they were setting up up for something and you can tell there's something sinister going on and even the interactions whereas everybody seemed very one-dimensional for the most part and even piloting the franks seemed like such a one-dimensional kind of thing now everybody's getting a little more depth and we're seeing characters interact in ways that they didn't before and that's honestly the biggest draw for me is actually wanting to care about our cast of characters in this series which i did not up until probably two episodes ago and that's really important because, you know, to jump to another anime, Overlord 2, they did a whole lot of world building and then just completely dropped it and never referenced it again, like the lizard people. They dedicated four or five episodes to him, and then the sixth one, you never even see him again. That's probably my biggest critique of the second season of Overlord. I have a feeling that they'll be coming back in the future. You don't spend that much time on something without an intent to really bring it back, and they left it open to do so, and... Hey, gotta give credit where it's due here. Credit to all of the staff involved for being the first to introduce me to animated lizard porn. Uh, uh, yeah. But that's the thing, though. This whole season was a world-building season, and I think they did that with full-on intent of continuing to a third. Like, almost that it was, okay, we have to get this stuff all sorted out and introduce all of these for what's going to happen in the third series, which is where they actually want the story to go. Yeah, and the third season's coming out this summer. That is another indicator to me that they had planned, even before this season ended, that they were doing a third season. You don't see turnarounds like that where it ends at the end of the winter season, and then they've already got another season coming out in the summer. Uh, now that I think about it, Shokugeki actually did something similar this season. I wonder if they, uh, they like, fell behind a deadline. Like, they were supposed to have all 24 episodes done, but they couldn't do it. So, like, ah, we'll end it here, and then we'll have a next season in three months. And that's, that's what's tough, too, though, is you, like, get the feeling that a lot of these series sometimes don't actually realize when they're under the gun like they are. There are so many that are seemingly going on very strong, and then out of nowhere, they either drop to never return, or they end over the course of two episodes very hurriedly just to wrap things up as best they can, and that's not really satisfying either. Well, they've got a manga that's way ahead, so they have plenty of things to go off of. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Jeez, we're already at 12 minutes here. Uh, I've got to catch up on record of Grand Crest War 2. Man, I just... I need more time. You know, if I had access to the Steinsgate technology, you know what I would do with it, Sean? I would continuously just go back in time so that I have more time to watch anime. That's what I would do. I am a scientist. It's so cool! What a waste. 
a waste. Yeah, what would you do? Try and save the world or something? I'd do like sports betting, right? (laughs) I'd invest in Apple. I'd invest in Microsoft. That's the trouble, though. You when you deal with hopping world lines and timelines, there's nothing to say though that what you know from the future you were in, going to a different place in time, that that's going to hold up. You could still be wrong. Yeah, that's another thing I was thinking about. So they're in the World War Three timeline, and uh, Okarin doesn't want to change that. And I think it's because everyone's tits are big, and he doesn't want it to change. <laughs> Rather die hard, yeah. so to speak. He doesn't want to live in a world where he's not surrounded by big titty women. It's an interesting uh, fan theory. I think you should bring that to the MAL forums, Sean. All right. I'll make a thread. (laughs) Oh, dear. Uh, I think that'll just about do it for this week's episode. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. We've got some good stuff on deck for the coming weeks. Uh, But if there's a specific topic you'd like discussed or to take part in even one of our conversations, again, the discussions, you can always leave comments and such. First, subscribe to this podcast, though, via anchor.fm slash theweabros, or you can go soundcloud.com slash Weabros Anime. There's also a link to the SoundCloud account and each individual podcast, I should say, on the blog site as well. But the easier way is to actually go to anchor.fm and then find the stupidly long link to the Weabros blog because I have not committed it to memory, nor do I ever intend to. No, we're going to be changing that. We'll, We'll get a legitimate domain. But while you're at it, you might as well follow. You can reach out through that site, through my anime list. You can find both of our profiles on there. Sean is Weabro Sean. I'm Pretty Boy Slim, eyes instead of wise. You can email weabrosblog at yahoo.com. That's W-E-E-A-B-R-O-S, of course. Blog at yahoo.com. Hey, thanks for listening, everyone. Arigato.